5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Liftoff. I watched the past hundred years all of the ways that communism had infiltrated America. And at that time, you know, this is just after the election in 2016. We had all of the different riots happening. We had all the racial tension. So I was already thinking, okay, something's not right here. You see the, you know, the burning flags yeah. in the street. Yeah. Like, what's behind this? And that's when it all clicked. It's like, we're undergoing a communist coup. Remember the uh, 3 a.m. Bo- uh, votes that came in for Biden? Yeah. Yep. Like, that was my YouTube analytics from Trump. It <laughs> yeah. just like, went straight vertical, right? Just guess, how many people probably watched that video? 100 million. Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacy Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. Hey, Flyover family, we have Seth Holhouse in studio for an exclusive interview. Now, we built out this second studio to be able to do in-person interviews. This is exactly what we hoped and dreamed of. I remember the first time I saw the, the viral video, The Plot to Steal America, by Man in America. Yes. And I thought, that is a mind that I wanted to get into and dig around a little bit, and you're about to see why. It is an honor to have you in the great yes. state of Missouri. Whoop, whoop. God's God's paradise here, the beautiful green <laughs> uh, wooded place of Lee Summit, Missouri, the land of barbecue and the Second Amendment and, and all things good. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. It's As we were talking about before we started filming, it's amazing. So I was just looking at seeing your, your logo fly over 2020, and it's like, that's the same time that, you know, my wife and I started our journey yeah. in the same way. And it just, it's amazing to look back. I know that we, none of us set out to do this, but it was just God's calling for us. And here we are, we're sitting yep. in this beautiful studio with some people that want to watch and hear what we have to say, which is amazing. Imagine that. <laughs> That's a miracle in and of itself, <laughs> exactly. but it's just great. It's just great to be here. I want to, I want to, you know, kind of jump into kind of the beginning of what, of what got you here. But, you know, we spent the last two years speaking with some of the most interesting people mm-hmm. in the world, some of the best authors, the thought leaders, you know, and people you've had conversations with, but that's not what you set out to do. There, I don't know who has said it once, but there's a quote that says, life's basically what happens on your way to somewhere else. Yes. <laughs> and and that's that's a little bit of kind of kind of where where you began in this place. So so how does a guy go from being uh involved in geopolitics, epic times, living in New York City <laughs> to transitioning to having a tractor? Living in Ohio with a bunch of chickens. Uh, I mean, that's that, a big difference. Uh, you you kind of did a judo move on your own life. So let's let me just go back to the beginning and set that up a little bit. Yeah. So I'll start early, and it's funny. I'm used to always having a, like a time limit, whereas uh-huh. now it's like, okay, I'll, I'll take some time. And I'll tell a story here, yeah. right? Um, so I grew up in Ohio, countryside of Ohio. This little town called Plain City. Like it was just literally a city of plains, right? Um, surrounded by cornfields, went to a liberal arts school, um, was raised with more, much more Christian conservative values, but didn't think about politics much. I hated politics, actually, and thought it was all just, you know, they're all corrupt, and, you know, I just didn't care. And so I went to art school and was having a great, you know, I really enjoyed it. I was always much more of an artist. But the shell of kind of like life is beautiful. There's not a whole lot of evil in the world was broken. Mm. Right. And for me, like the, what, what happened in that instance was I was through a friend met this Chinese guy named William and he's just, there's like the coolest, nicest guy ever. He was on a full ride. He was top of his class at, uh, I think it was uh, uh, Tsinghua, one of the top universities in China. Okay. He was on a full ride for his I think PhD in mechanical engineering. So like bright guy at OSU 
And, but we, 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 you know, get together and we'd have tea and whatnot. I was really into kind of Eastern kind of culture. And so I, I loved the idea of, you know, sitting down with a Chinese guy and having tea. Sure. And, <laughs> but I could tell there's this, there's this depth to him that I couldn't quite put my finger on. Like, what is it? And I got talking to him and I found out that he had spent eight years in a labor camp in China. Ooh. Right. And, and when you think about labor camp, it's like, okay, was he making license plates? Like we think here, it's like, no. So one of the jobs that he was doing, I'm sure that you've seen the bags of pistachios with the nuts are cracked open. Yep. Well, who cracks the nuts? You're going to make me feel bad for you. Right? cracked open nuts. So in one of his, oh, no. one of his, you know, kind of times in, in this prison, he was in a room. I think that he, he said in how many meters, maybe it was like a, a 20 foot by 20 foot room with maybe 10 people. And they had a wooden bench they slept on at night and it was their workbench in the morning and there's a wooden bucket in the corner, right? And what they did during the day for 16 to 18 hours a day was they would crack pistachios, right? Because they called them happy nuts because the Chinese called them happy nuts. They look like they have a smile on them. Yeah. And so, but they were bloodied hands. If the pistachios wouldn't open, if they couldn't crack them, they'd soak them in the bucket in the corner. Oh no! To, to help loosen them up, but then, but to then start cracking them. And he's, so he's telling me the story, and I just couldn't believe it. So companies in America would harvest these nuts, grown in California, pistachios, ship them to China to be cracked open. And if 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 he wow. denies it, so like if they would if if he say he didn't want to work, then they'd torture him. So they would they'd take like a metal bed frame, put up against the wall, they'd chain him to it, and they'd use a cattle prod. Like in all of his his the the worst areas, high voltage cattle prod as oh one of the ways gosh. sleep deprivation, and I couldn't make sense of it. It's like, well, how? Like so this is like my my reality was kind of breaking at this sure. time because how old were you probably? I was maybe eighteen, okay, or so. Wow, right? And so, so could not have been a more stark difference than your oh, upbringing. Yeah. <laughs> no, and but it was it was. Just my, it was just the path that God had me on, and so wow. anyway, so I was like, well, well, what did you like? What did you do? Would you, were you like in like the drug trade or? And like, no, it was his his. Uh, he did this this meditation practice called Falun Gong, which you probably heard about. It's being yeah. persecuted really bad. Yeah, and he was caught. I think he was meditating in a park or something, and that put him into labor, a labor camp for eight, I think eight or nine years before he came out. And so that, like, so I was studying uh, industrial design, right? Which, you know, product design. Mm -hmm. And I remember that going through this, this process of like, I I don't want to be the guy that just designs the next toaster. Like there, there's mm -hmm. got to be something more important that I can do with my life. And so somehow in a liberal arts school at 18, like the the mission on my heart became, I need to dedicate my life to fighting communism. Right, because wow. it, 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 it just it was just where it was at for me. It's like I need to dedicate my life wow. to fighting communism. And so, uh, fast forward a little bit. Once I after I graduated from college, like the last, second half of college, I got much more involved in doing human rights work and mm -hmm. um, you know just a lot of different things. I met some people. I was in uh, New York City doing some stuff at the UN. I think I met some people at this little media company that was earlier on. It was only around for a couple of years. And they heard that I had a graphic design degree and it was like, we don't have one of those guys. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and so this was, you know, they were only had been around for a couple of years. Their, Chinese, their Chinese language was first. English was like a couple of years old. Okay. And I knew, so this newspaper, Epoch Times, oh, they, um, wow. I saw that their mission was to expose really communism. A lot of the people that had fled China 
started the the media because they lived under communism and they saw the threat right. of it. Yep. And so it, basically like the day that I graduated from college, 2008, within a few weeks, I had sold all my possessions and I moved to an attic in New York City. I think I was paying 300 bucks a month and just and, and volunteering because you know, it was like so early on yeah. and working 12, 16, 18 hour days, seven days a week just to help get this off the ground because it... I, I just felt like this is my mission. I have to expose communism. Wow. Right? Okay. We, we, had a, we had a guy named uh, Glenn King one time. He's a, he's a pastor in Houston. We had dinner with one time. And he said in a, a phrase, he said, um, the things that uniquely anger you, God has equipped you huh. to fix. Because mm-hmm. his point was like, you know, a lot of people walk by and see a problem. Like you can identify, yeah, that's kind of messed up. Might be a homeless person. It might be a, you know, might be a park you played in as a kid and now they're selling drugs in it. And it's like, and you see it and you're like, man, the kids don't have a park to go to. We used to play there when I was, and you, and you tell your friends at dinner and they're like, ah, that is kind of messed up. And they kind of go on, but it bothers you. Mm -hmm. Like you can't let it go. You can't let it go. You're like, Mm -hmm. why, why is this that way? And like he says, the the things that uniquely anger you, you're also uniquely equipped to be a part of the solution for that. Cause we can't all fix everything. Mm -hmm. And so like sometimes things land on you individually different than they will. And, 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 might even baffle you. You share it with somebody and they're like, yeah, that is, that's a problem, but what are you going to do? And they kind of go back to their next thing. But it's, it's, I think the healthiest people that I ever come across, they see the thing and they, at least a portion of their life, their time, treasure, talent comes into alignment with being a solution for that thing. Yep. You know, and, and the, the most joyful. And obviously, when you moved to New York, you got rid of everything and rent an apartment for $300 and you volunteered your time 16 hours a day. You know, I mean, that's like that you completely bought into that. And you're willing to obviously sacrifice time, money, you know, uh, comfort of home to actually do that. Yeah. I mean, so in my graduating class, you know, getting a, a design job is not easy. And I was maybe one of, a handful of people that had a job lined up when I finished, you know, it was, you know, it was decent at what I did. Sure. And, um, and I, I remember going and talking to the, the guy that owned the design firm that I was going to, I was interning at, I was going to take a full-time position and said, look, I said, I, I have this calling. I got to move to New York city. And he was like, that's the best thing you can do right wow. now. He was like, just go for it. Right. Yeah, and so anyway, so yeah, I moved were, to New York. Were any resistance like with your story, yes, your parents? Yes, or, what'd your parents? Oh, say? my mom was sad. I mean, she was <laughs> like, like, "What?" Thought yeah. yeah. you or somebody's investing some money in this school. They, well, it's like you, you weren't going to a local junior college, a liberal <laughs> exactly. arts degree. You know? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. Th- thankfully I had a partial scholarship, but still, I mean, at that time it was a private art school. Right? Yeah, so it was not a cheap. I right. just only recently finished paying off those bills. <laughs> um, and so, but yeah, so that that took me. My whole life just changed, and I just took me to New York City and. Um, I was there for, I was at with, with the media, you know, almost pretty much full time until about 2015. So how many years was that? Uh, uh, 2008 to about so seven, seven or eight years, years or what, so. What did that company look like at that time? Cause you know, uh, you know, in the, in the early stages of flyover conservatives, you know, we, we had a staff of people we could pay with hugs, yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. uh, our two grown children, you yeah. know, were on it and there was, you know, we're, we were basically dividing up, uh, all, all the tasks and, yeah. and, and, uh, no income. And it's like, Hey, everybody's the trash man. Yeah. Everybody's the, Hey, we need yeah. this done, you know? And so what did, what did Epoch times look like in that window? Cause now, I mean, it's, Oh, it's one of the most influential, you know, media yeah. outlets yeah. in the world. It was just a bunch of people that really cared. Like that was, that was it. It was people that were passionate 
it was a like a thousand percent mission driven. Yeah, like that, and that's what carried it. And so, uh, whether it was passing out papers on the street or selling advertising or whatever it took, you just kind of figure out how to do it, and you just start doing it. And so, wow. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I I hear you call it epoch times. I've heard other people call it <laughs> epic times. What is? How do you actually pronounce it? What's the right way to pronounce it? And what does that mean? So. I think that the, if I remember correctly, based on some of the earlier conversations with the editor in chief, that the correct pronunciation in America is epoch. Okay. Right. Epoch. So okay. Um, over overseas, they call it epoch. And then a lot of Americans call it epic. Yeah. You know, it's like E P I C. Yeah. But I think epoch is the, the, the correct. And so basically, so the, it's a translation of the, the Chinese is da ji yuan, right? Which means, um, uh, like the, well, I guess the English translation of that, you know, the epoch times, what it really means is like the great period. So an epoch is a significant period of time in history. Okay. And so it's the epoch is like, this is a grand epoch. This is a significant time in history. Mm-hmm. And so it really kind of mm-hmm. set itself out to be the media that chronicles mankind at this stage in history, basically. Okay. Interesting. I don't have any notifications on my phone at all. Uh Except for Epic Times, that's one of the only uh, actually yeah. things that pop up on my because I, I I feel like they're kind of looked at as like maybe right wing media or something a little bit, but they're not. They just call balls and strikes because they're so data and fact based. Mm-hmm. They kind of fall towards that direction because they yeah. don't have this built in you know narrative that's Republican or Democrat. They just. Mm-hmm. They really call it like it is, and they do. Um, They're just real journalists. What, journalists. That's what I was gonna say. They do. Uh, yeah. They yeah. Do, they uh, do the work <laughs> exactly. uh, of of journalisming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they they do, and, and they and so I was there until about 2015, and so at that time, my brother was living in New York, and he uh he had had cancer, he had lymphoma, oh. and then there was some medical like they actually kind of screwed things up at the hospital, and he ended up going into serious cardiac arrest. And so he, after about 18 months of really intense um, suffering, he passed away. Mm. I mean, he was, he was partially paralyzed. And so between his wife and I, mostly we were his full caretakers, you know, 24 hours a day until, you know, he he eventually got, we we took him home and he had the other help. And so that, like, that was, I left the media at that time because it was like my whole life turned upside down and, and I kind of, you know, faced death in a way that I hadn't before. And so that's really the, the process of, it's the hero's journey, I guess, but it's this process of the the things that you think are sacred that define who you are, they break and you have to rebuild them. But it's actually the, it's the rebuilding process that makes them the most significant, the most valuable things that you have is those, those life experiences. And so mm. anyway, so I got into... I uh, started a few different businesses, was in the jewelry industry, somehow kind of worked my way into that. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it was selling watches. Kids, and, small town Ohio, working for an influential yeah. uh, fight communism jewelry. <laughs> exactly. And um, and then so then met my wife, you know, and then we got married a couple of years ago. And it was really, it was the beginning of 2020. This is where kind of like the, the, the transition of the story hits. So we were living in a high rise apartment, like on the, 31st floor. And, and, and this is in New York. In New York. Actually, we were in Long Island it's City. It's the 31st is, floor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They don't have that in Ohio. No. <laughs> they don't have that. They don't have that at least somebody either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Um, and we, so in New York City, so we were in one of like a, like a nicer 
kind of, you know, more luxury building and a lot of young Chinese were there. So in New York City, a lot of the, if, you know, a lot of the high end buildings have a lot of young Chinese because the parents are, you know, the one put child policy for a long time. They're sending their, yeah. their child, they're putting all their money and they're bringing their child over to say NYU or whatever. But at the beginning of January, we noticed all the Chinese started wearing masks. And this is before COVID even hit in America. Like, cause obviously they're getting news back yeah. from, and it was like, something's going on. And we'd already been thinking about moving back because I, I, I was really, after the first couple of years, I started to hate New York city mm-hmm. and I, I loved a lot about it, but I also hated a lot about it. Like mm-hmm. I have like traumatic memories from a lot of like the way of life there. Mm-hmm. And so 2020 hit the masking started and like that was the final catalyst. And then also my wife fell pregnant and it was like, okay, time to go back home, right. time to go back to Ohio. So we moved back to Ohio shortly after that. And we were following along the election. So this at this point, like I kind of hated politics and didn't really pay attention to it much. But by we got by the point 2018, 2019, I started watching and, and paying attention a lot more. Mm-hmm. And then as we came into 2020 and heading into the election, that was when something serious, it, it's really hit home. And so I remember thinking, of, as you guys did too, that you say you're driving around and it's July of 2020, Trump signs are everywhere. Yeah. And you're thinking, mm-hmm. you know, there's no way that Biden can win this. I mean, look at his his rallies. He has seven people show up right. and six of them are paid. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, there's no way. And yep. so when 20, when the election hit, I'm sure you, you guys remember that that night, I was so confident. Okay, Trump's going to win. It's in the bag. It's like if if he beat Hillary, he can, yeah. he he can right. only win now. There's no yeah. way he's getting less slide. votes, right? Yeah. And then Fox calls Arizona. Yeah. Brett Baer. Right? I remember exactly. I, remember I do too. too. A lot of times when, when we do public speaking things, I'll, I'll ask the crowd, like, who remembers exactly where they were when Brett Baer yeah. called Arizona? And it's like the whole room. The whole room. Yeah. Like it's like mm-hmm. it's one of those like uh, somebody who's like moon landing or JFK assassination yeah. or something like, they like were they know exactly yeah. where they were at nine yeah. 11. It's, mm-hmm. it's almost a little bit like that. Cause it was, mm-hmm. why so early? Why preemptively call this? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And was so, the, and that was, and so that was, that was the trigger point. So we woke up the next day and the reality of just what happened was started settling in. And it was like, you got a punch in the gut. Like, mm-hmm. the, like you knew it mm-hmm. wasn't right. You saw all the fraud and, at that, at this point, so I, I had a small little um, jewelry business in Ohio. I, I was just buying and selling scrap metal and diamonds and stuff and watches. And at that point, it was like, well, we got to do something about this, right? Now, I've been following you know General Flynn and a, a lot of people, you know uh, Scott Kesterson, Bards FM, and you know mm-hmm. really, uh, leading up to that, thinking, okay, like how can we get more involved? And I really could, we, you know, my wife and I, we really came to the understanding that yeah, this is an information war. Like we're at war. Mm-hmm. Like this is. No different than, uh, you know, when the, like the the Revolutionary War, all the different wars in history. It's just that it's not, you know, f- you know, 2G or 3G. It, it's it's fifth generation warfare. And so we thought, okay, well, if this is a war, how can we fight it? Well, we have to get truth out to people. And so that's what was like, well, how do we do that? Mm-hmm. Like, how can we get truth out to people? And so we said, well, let's make a video, Right. So like, let's just make a video. We just had this calling. And what right? kind of experience had you had making video? Obviously None. you had your creative side, but making videos and doing that. Like- I had made one video before. I think mm-hmm. she'd made, made two videos before. Wow. Right? Um, but, but we had, you know, my background was in more graphic. I, was, I never did motion. It was always uh-huh. just still print, et cetera. Um, and what's Kate's background? Um, she's got a, she, a lot of technology, tech, IT, but okay. she's also a musician, singer, songwriter, 
So she's got a lot of the, the she has the ear for things. But she's also a brilliant writer. So she you know, did a lot of the, you know, wrote a lot of the script and everything. Okay. And so but if you're wanting to eventually make a video, you you definitely recruited well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you, you, you like instinctively kind of knew like, hey, this is you know, yeah, yeah. And so we basically like we our daughter was two months old at the time, and we just like we spent about three and a half weeks working around the clock to to make the plot to steal America. And, and that's where you came on our radar. Oh, yeah. And I think yeah. millions of other Americans. Millions of Americans. Yeah. I mean, again, I remember the first time I saw this video and I couldn't, I, it's one of those, as soon as you see it, while I'm watching it, I'm thinking of people I want to share this with. Yeah. You know, and it's maybe 15 minutes or so long, yeah. but it's a minute or two into it. I'm like, these are my thoughts. This is what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm thinking. I think mm -hmm. my brothers and Stacy. I'm like, hey, I, I, everybody I know has to see this video. Yeah. yeah. In fact, let's go ahead and play it. You know, yeah, if our family Perfect. hasn't seen it, let's yeah. play that video. Well, because we're not the only ones that felt that way. No. So did Donald Trump. Well, yeah. So I'll, I'll finish the kind yeah. of the quick build up there. So that whole, it's almost like the, the three and a half weeks of doing it. So for, that's from the beginning. I, I built a studio. We were renting at the time. So I built this little makeshift studio in the basement with some two by fours and some stuff from Home Depot. We figure out oh, the yeah. camera, bought some cheap lights on Amazon and said, okay, let's figure out how to do this. And and we just, we did it. So we made this video. We put it up online. I think we put it up on December 7th, I think, or something like that. Okay. Or um, uh, maybe, maybe a little bit later. Actually, I think it was a little bit later than that, perhaps. But anyway, it was up for about two and a half weeks, three weeks. And it, by that point, it was already beginning to go viral, especially on Facebook. It had hundreds of thousands of views on Facebook. People were sharing it everywhere. And then then that fateful morning, I think it was on the 27th, that uh, you know, President Trump, actually, he first he retweeted it, and I think he said, wow. And it was just like, oh my gosh. Like Then like, everything changed. Yeah. Like I looked at my like my YouTube. Remember the uh, 3 a.m. Bo uh, votes that came in for Biden? Yeah. Yep. Like, that was my YouTube analytics from Trump. <laughs> yeah. It just like, went straight vertical, right? And so, uh, and then, but then he ended up like, he then shared it again, but then his team took it and they made it into two parts and they uploaded it directly to his YouTube, his Facebook, his Twitter, and he pinned it. So even like he pinned it on, on top of his Twitter profile. So like the wow. most influential person yep. but maybe in the world, yeah. you yeah. could argue, yeah. took our video and pinned it on the top of his Twitter feed with, you know, close to a hundred million followers. Yeah, we're we're going <laughs> to, we'll, we'll play, we'll play the whole video, but I can ask you in, in that moment, you know, you just, it's not like, well, most of our videos don't do this. Like you made a video. Yeah, that was a video. That, yeah, exactly. Like this is your normal, I guess, you know, for doing it. Like what kind of, we getting calls from friends or relatives? Or, oh yeah. I was like running into neighbors. Like I saw your video. Like I was getting people like, yeah, friends and neighbors and, uh, you know, relatives messaging me, people I went to high school with that are messaging me like, Seth, you know, the president Trump shared your video. Yeah. I heard that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like, yeah, it was, uh, it was really, but also I got um, a uh, a threatening letter from a big company that is well, after, was suing people. I'm not getting into details, yeah. but one of the big voting companies. Yeah. So I got a really serious uh, letter from them because I talked about them in the video, yeah. and I, that that really worried me. Um, I started getting people calling and threatening me. I somehow my, my my personal phone. I was getting calls and voicemails and people Gosh. calling and making threats. I had then then the mainstream media went after me. And they tried tying it to the the media company, Epoch Times. 
they said, oh, this is like, you know, they, this is funded by them and it's by Trump. And it was like, <laughs> where's all your funding coming it's from? Like, I'm just some guy in yeah. my basement, you know, <laughs> like, together a makeshift studio. Yeah, like the studio was like maybe a thousand bucks worth of equipment. Oh, and, man. and so I had all these attacks. So anyway, so we can, we can, we can yeah, watch the video and, and we'll kind of go, but okay. yeah. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what am I going to do about my finances? You know, times are really changing. They're changing fast. Let me give you a quick example of how in 1920, if you had a $20 bill and one ounce of gold, you could go into any men's clothing store and buy an entire suit. Wow. The, the jacket, the shirt, the belt, shoes, the whole bit. Today, that $20 bill, what's it going to get you? Not much. Maybe the socks, maybe a <laughs> handkerchief, but the one ounce of gold could still buy you the entire suit at any men's store in America. That's the difference. That's what inflation does to your dollar. It's a deflating dollar caused by inflation. Now, today, that's happening faster than ever. You need somebody that you trust that can help get you out of a fake currency and into something that's going to keep you safe. And we know a guy that has two PhDs by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. We have known him for over 25 years, and he's someone we completely trust. You need somebody that you can get a hold of, somebody that's going to be there for you to get back out of it, and then maybe back into the stock market, maybe back into something else when things settle down. But right now is not that time. You need somebody that you trust and somebody you can call and make those worries go away. That's exactly right. So you can go to flyovergold.com. Dot com, fill out your information for your free consultation, or you can call 720-605-3900. Do it today. You'll be glad you did. Twenty twenty has been a year like no other. Everything we know. Everything we trust and everything we've come to rely on has changed. So, how could we expect the U.S. election to be any different? Mainstream media are telling us the race is over. Biden won. Time to move on. Nothing to see here, folks. But in your gut, you know something's just not right. From the strange patterns on election night, to the weeks of suspense, to the reports of fraud that evaporate faster than Biden's memory, it just doesn't add up. Stay with me, and you'll see just what's going on behind the scenes in this election and why the greatest threat we're facing right now is not an invisible enemy invading our bodies, but one that's invading our country and our minds. Welcome to Man in America. I'm your host, Seth Holhouse. Let me ask you, how do you know what's happening in the world right now? How do you know what's going on in this country? or even your city. I'm going to go out on a limb here and assume you probably turn to mainstream media, which includes social media. Perhaps you watch Tucker in the evenings or read New York Times Sunday morning or check Facebook on your lunch break. So how do you know what's going on in the U.S. election? What did you think on election night when historically red states and battleground states were stalled while blue states were immediately called for Biden? Or when Fox called Arizona with so many votes still out, of course, for Biden. And how about the late night ballot dumps that were somehow all for Biden? 
and the batches of pristine mail-in ballots also all for Biden. And then there were the burst water pipes and the power outages and the computer glitches and issues with Sharpie pens and lost USB drives that somehow all favored Biden. And then we have the hordes of dead voters, once again, all for Biden. The dead people really did vote for Biden. I fact-checked it. And what are the odds that all the last-minute changes to our election process and voting laws, in the name of COVID, also favored Biden? And how about all the counties with more votes than eligible voters, or where they got more mail-in ballots than they even sent out? In Pennsylvania, they sent 1.8 million mail-in ballots and got back 2.5 million. And last but not least, we've got Dominion, the voting system with ties to socialist Venezuela that was programmed to manipulate votes for Biden while sending our data to China, Iran, and Russia. And when the system crashed because of the Trump landslide, key battleground states simply decided to stop counting and head on home. When has this ever happened before in U.S. history? This is just the tip of the iceberg. Every one of these reports should be serious grounds for investigation. Thousands of poll workers, postal workers, election officials, and honest Americans, both Republican and Democrat, have come forward with photos, videos, and firsthand stories affirmed by sworn affidavits documenting massive voter fraud. Social media has been flooded with them, yet mainstream media keeps asking, where is the evidence? Once everyone is gone, coast is clear, they are going to pull ballots out from underneath a table. Watch this table. Do you see the gentleman in, in the red? So he just pulled one out. So wh what are these ballots doing there, separate from all the other ballots? And why are they only counting them whenever the place is cleared out with no witnesses? Where is the evidence? Uh, I'm here with Elliot right now at his wedding, and we were taking the trash out, and I wanted to show you guys what we found in the trash can at uh, St. Anne's, which is a polling place. Donald Trump. Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. 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 And there is there is there is more ballots in this trash inside can. that trash. But we will we will say we did find one Biden. Where is the evidence? Can you calculate how 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 much of a vote that accounted for for Biden and how much for Trump? Close to six hundred thousand. I think our our figures were about five hundred and seventy some odd thousand that uh, all those spikes represent over time for Biden. Correct. And how much for Trump? I think it was a little over 3,200. <laughs> now, hold on. Didn't they just drag us through a baseless four-year witch hunt into Russian election interference over far less evidence? And isn't it their job to be digging for evidence? Wouldn't Nixon have gotten away with Watergate if the media didn't dig for evidence? Not only aren't they digging for it right now, but they're burying it in a giant game of whack-a-mole, along with their comrades over at Twitter, Facebook, and Google. Of course, they have their fact-checkers debunk everything first. These arbiters of truth, who have more conflicts of interest than flavors of ice cream in Nancy Pelosi's freezer. <laughs> Even President Trump's tweets are so-called fact-checked and censored, and his press conferences are interrupted and cut off. Okay, so here we are again in the unusual position of not only interrupting the president of the United States, but correcting the president of the United States. Think about what this means. The president 
of the United States of America is being censored by U.S. companies. This whole thing reeks of corruption. And not just corruption, but treason. It's such a joke that I'd be laughing if it wasn't so serious. But it is serious. Because let's assume for a moment that just a fraction of the fraud reports are true. If mainstream media and social media didn't let you see or even talk about them, how would you even know? Think about it. If our election was stolen and our government was overthrown and yet they kept it all hidden, how would you know? If mainstream media can completely control public opinion and the flow of information, including from our president, does the truth even matter? What if I told you that every single one of our mainstream media, including Fox, is being used as a tool to manipulate public opinion and steer the outcome of the election? Perhaps a year ago, you might have called me a conspiracy theorist. But considering we've all been living in the twilight zone lately, you're probably starting to realize that anything's possible. Just try to wrap your head around this. How did the media so accurately predict the long delays in counting votes and the red mirage before the blue wave? And why did they spend months downplaying the risks of mail-in ballots while sowing the seeds that Trump would claim voter fraud and refuse to concede? Do they have a crystal ball? Why did Hillary Clinton tell Biden not to concede under any circumstances all the way back in the summer? You know, Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances. Why did they spend the last four years using every possible tactic to undermine Trump's presidency in the most relentless smear campaign the world has ever seen? And why did every single mainstream media rush to coronate Biden and cement him into the public mind? Now do you understand why he told voters, I don't need you to get me elected? I don't need you to get me elected. It never mattered that he hid in his basement all summer. It never mattered that only five people turned out to his rallies. And it never mattered that he couldn't even string a sentence together. It never mattered that the majority of Americans chose President Trump on November 3rd. And it doesn't matter that their fraud is more obvious than the stains on Monica Lewinsky's dress. Because when you control every single channel of information, nothing else matters. Right now, big media, big tech, big government, and even celebrities are blanketing us with the narrative that Biden won, while censoring all evidence of fraud and concealing the very real truth that our nation is facing its greatest threat since the American Revolution. Because as our founding fathers knew all too well, the moment we no longer have free speech and a free press to keep the government in check, we no longer have a democracy. I'm going to level with you now. Anyone who has escaped communist China, Russia, Cuba, or North Korea can see the writing on the wall. In 1963, the communist goals to overthrow the United States were entered into congressional record. They stated, capture one or both of the political parties, infiltrate the press, gain control of key positions in radio, TV, and motion pictures. After this election, it's pretty clear these goals have been achieved. And the more you look into it, the more you see that all roads lead to China, or more specifically, the Chinese Communist Party. 
the CCP. Guess who owns a massive chunk of Hollywood, including AMC theaters and legendary film studios? You got it, the CCP. Guess who pays millions of dollars to mainstream newspapers, including the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, to publish their propaganda? The CCP. And guess who's given the Biden family billions of dollars? Yes, the CCP. Now do you see why Biden is the media's darling? On the contrary, who's been the biggest thorn in the CCP's side? Who stood up to their abusive trade policies and slapped them with billions of dollars in tariffs? Who dismantled their stranglehold on manufacturing and brought American factories and jobs back home? Who stopped the pillaging of U.S. intellectual property? Who put serious penalties in place for violating religious freedoms? And finally, who had the guts to call a spade a spade and rightfully point a finger at the CCP for concealing a virus that has crippled our entire world? President Trump. Now do you understand why they hate him so much? They've been coming after America, coming after you and I for decades, and their plan was basically complete. That is, until President Trump got in their way. Right now, we're in a battle for our republic. The enemy is already inside the gates. Even those we thought we could trust have turned on us. They're not fighting with guns and bombs, no but with words, ideas, and narratives. Because what they're fighting for are our minds. In 1956, communist leader Khrushchev said, We will take America without firing a shot. We do not have to invade the U.S. We will destroy you from within. I hope you can see now that the invisible enemy is communism. And the most deadly virus is the Chinese Communist Party. It sneaks into a country through the vices of corrupt politicians, businessmen, and people with power and influence. It rips through cities and towns, bodies and minds, leaving no stone unturned, no soul untouched, and a trail of death and destruction in its wake. It sows its seeds by convincing us that lies are truth, evil is good, and hatred is love, that division is unity, and that our enemies are each other. Man versus woman, rich versus poor, black versus white, left versus right. It takes root when we feel helpless, afraid, and alone. It erases our history and slanders our forefathers and teaches our children to hate themselves, their families, and their country. It ridicules our beliefs, undermines our values, and attacks our way of life. It even demands that we kneel down in shame. But we will not be ashamed. It can't pull the wool over our eyes anymore because we know who we are. We fought to escape tyranny. We bled to end slavery. We revere the brave men who died to secure our freedom. 
We welcome people of all races and religions. We love our neighbors. We help the poor. We cherish our families. We work hard for what we have. We unite in times of hardship. We know good from evil and truth from lies. And we know that our rights don't come from the government, but from God. And we will fight to the death to protect those rights. The time ahead is critical. We, the people, need to call upon our president to defend us from enemies, foreign and domestic, and uphold his oath. For the time being, we still have free press and free speech at our fingertips. But if we don't grab hold of them now, we'll lose them forever. Independent, honest media companies like OAN, Newsmax, and the Epoch Times will guide us out of the darkness, while mainstream media will only drag us further down. It's time to stop giving them our money, our attention, and our minds. Unlike their Facebook pages, unsubscribe from their emails, unfollow them on Twitter, delete their apps, and stop visiting their websites. Support the countless patriots who've gone through hell and high water to get this information to you. Like their content, subscribe to their channels, share their videos, spread their message. Stop using Google search. Google is censoring every result and robbing you of your right to know the facts. Start using DuckDuckGo and compare them. You'll be shocked. Get off Twitter and Facebook and switch to Parler. Join millions of patriots who have already turned their backs on these toxic companies who dare silence our voices. Join the millions of patriots who are standing up and rallying across the country, demanding justice and rejecting communism. Our enemies snuck in during the night and tried to use the media to lull us to sleep while they stole our country. But instead, they awoke the sleeping giant. We see them for who they are now. And they'll never be able to fool us again. They tried to trigger a great reset, but instead, they triggered a great awakening. We will not look back five years from now and tell our children that we did nothing as our nation was stolen. We will tell them that we fought for and won our freedom just like our forefathers in 1776. America is the last bastion of freedom in the world. We are the only remaining threat to the CCP virus. If we fall, the world will fall. But we will not fall. It's time to stand with our founding fathers and to invoke the power of we the people and the power of God. We are the patriots. Join us. We hold these truths to be self-evident. 
All men and women created by go, you know the you know the thing. We will shut you down, we will cite you, and if we need to, we will arrest you and we will take you to jail. Period. I wasn't thinking of the Bill of Rights when we did this. But no amendment, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. God actually spoke to me. He spoke about sacredness. He said to me, Kim, what I place in many, many people is sacred. And if anybody touches what is sacred to me, then it is the end for them. So what I've done in the United States of America is sacred. And there are people on every side that are trying to destroy what I deem sacred. And it's not going to happen. This is the definition of criminal conspiracy, racketeering, and collusion. This is not a theory. This is evidence. Because I have upheld this country to spread a light to the rest of the world. This reawakened tour is literally what it means. It has reawakened the American heart. See, that call to action remains pretty consistent. I think yeah. people do need to be aware of what they're putting in their heads, yeah. what what kind of just negative pig slop that they're marinating in every day, mentally and emotionally, and allowing to come you know into their homes. And then number two, pray for our president. Yeah, you know those are pretty pretty clear. Those like uh, action items in a time where people I think were were a little bit paralyzed and overwhelmed mm-hmm. of like what's next for our country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's was such a beacon of hope that video. And you said even uh, kind of touch on that a little bit how you guys even had like, you know, you'd be doing other things and then you'd get a download of hey, this needs to be in the video. So you'd stop everything okay and, and go write it out. Can you talk a little bit about that as yeah, well? Yeah, it was it really felt like the process of that video was just God's hand like the whole way. Um I mean, a, it was it was our first real kind of video that we'd made aside from some, some small music videos and whatnot. And, um, but there were just so many times where like my wife, you know, Kate, who she wrote, she wrote the script for it, Mm -hmm. but what she would do is she'd write it and I'd read it with her and we, and we, we'd kind of work on it together and tweak it. So she's, she's way better at writing. Like you you give me a notepad and I just, you look at an hour later, I've like drew in stick figures, you know, like that's, that's (laughs) that's, that's my writing. Listed so far, it sounds like she's way better. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Right now, where you, yeah. Are you just you, the, up. you just the eye candy clickbait, you know? For, oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, look with, at this with face. The, with right? the great voice, get it all. Yeah. yeah. No, actually, that the thing is, she's she's the you know extremely talented. But there were so many times though where she'd be in the shower and this download would come and she'd come out and be like, okay, write this down. And she'd like, say, we're gonna say this, 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 and this, and this, and we'd we put it in there, or we'd be editing a video and we'd find the perfect song and we put the, the video over top of it and, and it just all syncs up, wow. right? The, the beats following the movement and this. So everything came together and it, it just was very, just a very unique uh, process. You hear that sometimes like with a songwriter or somebody that wrote a great song and they'll be like, actually that song just fell yeah. into my yeah. head. You know, just I sat down in 10 minutes and it was out there. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear that sometimes and it's, it does kind of make you think that that you know you're you're almost operating in conjunction with something maybe that God wanted out there, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were just willing. Yeah. You know, sometimes you I think maybe yes. those things like, like a dandelion, you know, God will be like, and just kind of blow that out. And some people are like, I should do this. I'll do it next year or whatever. And like, you just did it. And I'm sure yeah. when Jesus fed the 5,000, there's probably a lot of little boys there that had a couple of fish and a couple of loaves of bread, you know, but one of them kind of came forward and said, hey, I got something. I can't take, oops, smash my, I can't take care of the whole problem, but I have something. Yeah. yeah. And, and that willingness puts you in a really unique position to partner with something much bigger than yourself. And there couldn't be anything bigger than yourself than a video that. Millions. Uh, millions. Yeah. I mean, guess, guess how many people probably watched that video? If we had to say guess, a hundred million, wow. maybe. I mean, if if I had to, well, because we were, I mean, we were getting emails from people that were in uh, Iran saying, "Look, here's the Farsi overdubbed version of your video. Like <laughs> wow. the Iranian patriots are behind you. Like videos from Russia. We're getting, you know, it was it was translated into Japanese, Chinese, Persian. Like it was translated into or Farsi, like so many languages." And then what we told people, though, because at that time, YouTube, so our video is still up on YouTube. It was the wow. day before they put in their um, can't question the election. Yeah. Rule. Um, so what we told people, but, but they made it so shadow banned. So we're so heavily shadow banned on YouTube from day one, right? That we told people, go and download the video here and upload it everywhere. And so YouTube would get rid of one and five more would pop up. They get one more and five more wow. would pop up. Wow. So even on, on Trump's platforms alone, I think on Twitter, it got up to close to 30 million views. On Facebook, it was over 10 million. Um, on, so just like those few different areas. But I also think that the, the view counts, they, they fudge the numbers, you know, cause yeah. which they, of course they do. Sure. Right. So that's what, yeah, we think it was, it could have been a couple hundred million. Okay. So then you start getting people and you kind of mentioned it earlier uh, that were, you know, kind of investigating you and your background. And so you actually decided that you were going to respond to that with another video. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this is kind of funny because after we put that video, I was like, how do, how do we follow up? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. What do, where do you go from like, here? What do we do next? Yeah. It's like everything, everything else is going to be like, oh, this guy's a flop. <laughs> you know what I mean? One hit wonder. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had all of these people digging in and saying like, all these journalists like the daily beast and you know these these ultra kind of controlled with a clear agenda yeah, yeah. with a but clear agenda to, um that not as much but it was worrisome but i was after january 6th and after the inauguration mm-hmm. i started getting worried that i'd have like the fbi showing up yeah because like, I, I didn't know how it was going to play out that that was that was scary mm-hmm. um but anyway so there's all these certain media that are writing these hit pieces on me, but no one got it right. Like they were saying that, you know, I was funded by this or that, that Trump was secretly funding me. And, <laughs> like, I wish he was. You know, yeah, that I was like nice. this, this like ultra MAGA person. And it's like, actually I hated politics. And so the funny thing is, and this is like most people like their draws drop, but like I voted for Hillary in 2016. <laughs> right. And the thing is like that, like and people, people watching now, like, please don't judge me. Yeah, right. Exactly. But the thing is, is I, I, I didn't care about us politics. I hated us politics. I was so focused on ch- China realistically that I wasn't even paying and attention to what, yeah. you know, yeah. the communism and with the CCP. And I just thought like, I, it was like, well, the lesser of two evils, I guess. If Trump, you were actually afraid that Trump may actually get like, like upset and well, yeah, push well, a nuclear thing or something. Well, Cause at that time I didn't, you know, though I was in the media, I I wasn't really paying attention to what was happening in the American media and I understood you know how bad their control was. And so, you know, like the New York Times, like 
was an example. Like I remember studying their design and everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, so I'm anyway, so I made this video because well, for, for two big reasons. One is I wanted to completely destroy their narrative that I was just some like right wing conspiracy nut. Right. But I, I also like, and more importantly, I wanted to give people an example. I wanted to make a video that you could show someone that was a, a Biden supporter and, and say, well, look, this is the guy. And, and I had a lot of people come to me and, and I'd ask them like, what is it that woke you up? And a few, a handful of people said, it was actually your video about how you voted for Hillary that woke me wow. up because and we can play the video. It's yeah. a short video. It's only a couple of minutes long, but it kind of walks, it walks through my journey of understanding who Trump was. And in my opinion, it actually makes it, it makes me much more potent of a weapon in the information. War. Yeah. Let's, let's watch it real fast. So I made a video recently. Maybe you saw it. Through a strange twist of fate, it went viral. Tens of millions of views kind of viral. And now all these bloggers and websites are digging into my life. I'm a private person, but I want you to hear my truth from me, not from some random blogger that probably has a little bit of an agenda. I grew up in small town Ohio and spent most of my working life in New York City. I was raised in a Christian family, I love God, and I meditate my spare time. I actually hate politics. If you told me two years ago I'd be making a video about it, I would have laughed at you. This may come as a surprise, but I voted Democrat my whole life, except for one election. And if I'm being completely honest with you, I think both parties are corrupt to the core. In 2016, I voted for Hillary. I was genuinely worried that Trump would fly off the handle and smash the nuke button. If he handled nuclear war like he handled Twitter, we're done for. So I voted for Hillary. The lesser of two evils, right? Even though I could have cared less for U.S. politics, I've spent years exposing human rights abuse under communism. I know what goes on there. I know what it looks like when a nation is standing on the doorstep of tyranny. Around 2016, I started seeing the same pattern showing up here in the U.S., at the same time, I kept seeing more and more money pouring in from the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP. I started seeing all the influence they had over Hollywood, big tech, politicians, and especially the media. One thing I care most about is truth. I hate being lied to. I'm also stubborn. So if I sense something isn't true, I dig into it even more. I stopped watching mainstream media's coverage of Trump I started watching him speak directly and saw how much they were twisting everything he said, even outright lying about what he said. I realized the media was intentionally turning the American people against the one man who was trying to protect us. But if you don't believe me, go ahead, scrutinize me. Trust me, I want to be wrong. Because if I am, all it means is that I'm crazy and you can make fun of me as much as you want. Mail me a tinfoil hat. But if I'm right, we've got a really serious situation on our hands. My first child, a beautiful little girl named June, was born three months ago. And when I think about the kind of world she'll be growing up in, I have to fight for her. And look, I have no idea what's going to happen in the coming weeks or months. But I have so much hope because we have God on our side. Communism is atheist, even satanic. That's a whole different episode. They don't believe in God. 
They even hate God. And that will be their downfall. And the more they've pushed their agenda, the more we're waking up. And finally, I want to thank you for watching and sharing my first video. Look, I'm just a man in America who cares deeply about our beautiful country and the future of our republic. I'm so excited about the Reawaken America event. That's Freedom Train. Freedom! Freedom Train. We got that event coming up here in May, and we're excited. I know, excited. it's going to be at the Trump Doral, and what a perfect location. It is absolutely beautiful. But we're going to have the cast of crew around President Trump. Yeah. You're going to have Peter Navarro. You're going to have Devin Nunes. You're going to have Ari Trapp. You're going to have Laura Trapp. You're going to have Clay Clark. These people that surround him, that talk to him regularly, are going to be there, and you're going to have an opportunity to meet them. And we're going to have such a great time. It is May Very the exciting 12th time. and the 13th, and it's not too late. You can still get tickets. All you have to do is text 918 851 0102 text the word fly over and then they'll let you know hey this is the next step but it also gets you a discount when you do that we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the flyover conservatives podcast with david and stacy whited please subscribe hit the notification bell and leave us a comment below lastly if you enjoyed today's podcast share with those who came to mind Be blessed and make it a great day.